0: Welcome to a brand new Five Heart Podcast live, and uh, as you can probably tell, it's formal night on the Five Heart Show.
1: Oh, it is.
0: Come on (laughs) now, I got suspenders and everything, John.
1: (sighs) I'm sorry. Okay. How are you? It's okay. Um, (laughs) I'm in a hotel room in Inkeny, Iowa. In, in, in where? In how? Ankeny, Iowa.
0: So close because,
1: to Because I was dumb enough to try to drive from Minneapolis or from Chaska, where I live, to, uh, you know, I wanted to get to Lincoln. And I couldn't take my Ford Fusion and get out of our cul-de-sac this morning. And then later, later I found a delivery guy stuck in our neighborhood because there's only one small hill that goes out of the cul-de-sac. It's not a big hill, but the snow was extra slick. Uh, Matt Santon already says no sound. My connection is not good, so uh, this may very be very short-lived for me. Anyway, I found the delivery guy stuck. I flagged down a pickup with a blade. I had him scrape the hill. The delivery guy got out. I said to myself, if I'm leaving, I need to get the fuck out of here now. Drove up the hill, took off, didn't realize the whole state of Iowa is a sheet of ice. And it was, you know, I I started, uh, I stopped texting my wife the fifth accident in because I thought she might get a little bit, uh, a little bit freaked out by that. So lots of rollovers. So you pick up rollover, semis, jackknife, cars backwards, on their sides. It was carnage.
0: Husker, JPG echoes what uh,
1: I was thinking when you said, Iowa. Iowa? Like, playoffs? Yeah. So here I am in a hotel. <clears throat> it's it's not really that close to Lincoln, Nebraska.
0: <sighs> well, the good news is you're here with us for however long we have you. Okay. And we've got a lot of great uh, topics on uh, the docket for this show, and... And you realize this is this is, that that's what we he call loves run you. in. Yeah, he does. I love him too. <laughs> uh, that's the next generation of Husker fans, right there, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Um, anyway, uh, we do have a uh, we are going to be talking Nebraska ball uh, with Nebraska ball uh, writer for coordination Patrick Gerhardt who's going to be joining us. That was confirmed. He has the link. He said he's about five ten minutes out. He's getting his uh, um, uh, kids to bed as well, so um, very, very generous of you, uh, uh, of, of you viewers at home. So obviously, on my end, we're going to maintain like a PG level, um, and he can't hear you, John. So, uh, so you
1: don't teach your kids how to
0: swear? Oh, he's picking up some things. <laughs> okay. Uh, slowly but surely. But uh,
1: yeah. Can you tell him I said hi? He says hi, by the way. Hi. Merry Christmas. Tell him Merry Christmas. We say Merry, says, Merry Christmas. He says Everybody Merry Christmas. Everybody says Merry Christmas.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Skedaddle.
1: I, I uh, hope. <laughs> is he getting cold? Yeah. yeah. Small. He
0: says I'm getting cold. If that's any indication. Yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, we will be talking about Nebraska ball. Uh, other things we're going to be talking about uh, are some of the announcements that uh, uh, pertain to Memorial Stadium, from uh, seating adjustments to pricing reductions. Uh, we'll also be talking about um, the transfer portal. We're talking about Mike Leach, uh, you know, and the unfortunate news that that happened since you and Todd um, uh, discussed uh, Coach Leach uh, Monday night. But let us get uh, to our guest this weekend, and it seemed very popular last week uh, when we had Beth on to talk Nebraska volleyball, Uh, obviously under, I wish it was under different circumstances, but uh, joining the show now is, and he looks like he's cold, uh, but it's uh, Coronation Nebraska ball writer, uh, Patrick. Er Patrick, welcome back to the Five Heart Podcast, but also uh, welcome to your first live edition of the show.
2: This is my first live, and it's been a few years, I think, since I've been on, right? Well, I remember
0: yeah. for a little while you had, like, your own podcast.
2: Yeah, that worked out real well.
0: I remember you used to say that that was the, the best podcast the Coronation of bangerangs and Daggers.
2: It uh, was, and it still is. I mean, it's still kind of there. Um, it's just, you know, we what we do is special, so we can't do it every week. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You look like a cancer patient. Oh, God. <laughs> there you go. Is better? Yes. Come on. Uh,
0: <sighs> so, welcome, um, Patrick. Patrick, I in the um, write-up or, or however you want to, uh, the description for this week's episode, I described Nebraska men's basketball, and, and tell me when I'm wrong, but I feel like with the win over top ten Creighton, uh, mm-hmm. with the near win mm-hmm. over, you know, now number one Purdue, uh, with the, uh, um, you know, losing in overtime by a, a bucket. I, I feel like Fred Hoiberg's got the program on an upward trajectory.
2: Oh, by far. I mean, out of all of his years here, this is definitely <clears throat> the best team he's had. It, it's still got a ways to go, but, it, I mean, it's it's close. It's almost there. Uh, the win against Creighton was basically him taking the old school Wisconsin basketball playbook and and just basically making it really, really slow and really, really defensive and more importantly, really boring. But it was a win, so we'll take it. And it's kind of the exact opposite of what he's historically done at his previous stops. Uh, you know, I mean, when he came here, he promised, you know, very fast pace, very little defense and tons of threes. Well, that hasn't worked out well. You got to have a certain type of play. That he has not had over the past few years and he's right. he's going up against a conference that's just it's it's not finesse it's tough i mean there's a couple of teams that can pull off finesse because they've got the talent but for the most part you i mean big 10 basketball is like big 10 football you need to you know have big guys with big muscles who can kind of force their way into the paint get the rebounds and get the short baskets and that's what he's turned this basketball team into uh, you know, Nebraska had a great game against Creighton. They they shut them down, totally blew them away. Uh, Creighton's got its own issues there. Uh, in, in all respect, I mean they've got they've got to turn a switch to make what they want happen to happen. But that was a huge win, followed up uh, with a, a a bad, understandably bad loss to Indiana. You know that was really disappointing. And the article, the post game I wrote, nobody read. By the way, nobody even at Corn Nation read. Uh, If you go back and read the Indiana article, you will understand why I say that. Um, But we also didn't have Sam that game. Uh, One of the big things, even under Tim Miles, was Nebraska basketball struggled getting a really good, true point guard, right? And we finally got a decent one in Sam, and he was out that at the Indiana game sick. Um, Came back against Purdue, had a great game against Purdue. It was a beautiful game against Purdue. Uh, It wasn't the prettiest. Again, it's that old school Big Ten basketball, but Nebraska took the current number one team in the nation in overtime, and, you know, you could, you, you could talk about how the refs treated them in overtime. That's a different subject, I think, if you really want to get dirty, but as of now, no Nebraska basketball, they're sitting six and five, and they're looking into a K-State game in two days. At, you know, Kansas State's got a new coach, but they're 9-1. and That'll be a good test for them, hypothetically. If anything, it'll be a test for Kansas State. Um, will they... Will they make the NCAA tournament this year? I, I, I don't see it right now, but they will be an upset type team in the Big Ten. Um, at worst, they will be a 500 team. I think.
0: I I want to throw a hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Uh, not knowing that at that time Purdue was, you know, or would be the number one team. Obviously, a few other mm-hmm. things had to happen, but had they beat, had they beat in uh, Purdue? would that have been bigger than no sit sunday in the in the grand scheme or would it you know like would it have carried the emotional
2: it like, possibly weight? would have just from the stake of it would have knocked off an undefeated top 5 team um it would have, it it would have been huge no sit sunday was hyped up you got to remember going into that game with Tim Miles and the place was sold out, if I remember right. It was packed, I, I was there. We stood the entire game. We yelled the entire game. Um, Purdue, maybe half was full. There, I mean, I had friends at the game too, who were texting me like, man, this would be a lot of fun if more people were here. Um, it In terms of marquee win, it probably would have been more, but in terms of Nebraska ball lore, I don't think it would have touched no sit, because no sit was just, it was special. Right. everybody was there everybody is watching it and it happened um so, so it would have just have been a, a really nice upset
0: I, I guess the the follow-up to that is with the win you know over your in-state rival I mean realistically probably your only basketball rival uh mm-hmm. in Creighton it is it was it the the disappointing outing at Indiana I mean like why wasn't is it because we're is the semester over and all the kids are gone I mean what why didn't that game against, you know, an undefeated top five program in Purdue, why didn't that draw?
2: The loss in the enterprise sucked some wind out. Um, the student section wasn't there, you know, uh, as much as it has been, which is another big thing. You know, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. But also, you know, this is Nebraska basketball, and, <laughs> you know, our peaks under Tim Miles were still not great. Right. They were fun because we had a personality, Tim Miles, leading the program, which really sold it well. Fred doesn't sell the program. Uh, you know, he he's a, he's a heck of a nice guy, but he doesn't sell like Tim Miles and Doc Sadler. He just it's not his personality. So it's gonna it's just it's gonna take a lot to get Nebraska basketball to that point again. Um, with Tim Miles, he sold the program. We had Pinnacle Bank Arena. I think they sold out the first what handful of seasons. Um, but we've. Followed it with a lot of losing seasons. Uh, you know, we, we broke 10 wins for the first time in, what, three, four years last year? And I think, you know, it, it just, it's going to take a while to build the sure. fan base back up, and, you know? It, 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 and, it and, and, so and, and honestly, I think the football team and the drama that happened there this year probably has another thing to do with it, just in the term of big, the grand scheme of Nebraska men's sports. It just, I mean, the football not even being bad on the field just the drama associated with it just kind of sucked the air out of the room in terms of nebraska sports you know do you think people are exhausted i think to a certain extent yeah people are really tired you know they're tired of losing they're tired of having their hearts not even ripped out not even taken care of you know to get ripped out you know it's just people i think are tired it's going to take oh i mean it took a long time to build up nebraska men's athletics to what it was in the 90s. I'm um, not to jump back to the 90s, but Nebraska basketball and Nebraska football was both good back right. then. And it took a long time for that to happen. And it's not going to be a switch that's flipped overnight. Um, then you got to throw in the whole thing of, you know, we're post COVID. People are still not crazy about going out, a lot of people. And we're, I mean, whether you want to believe it or not, we're at the beginning of a fairly decent recession right now. People aren't spending the money like that unless they're for sure. You know, we're going to enjoy it. So. Sorry, I'm, in, I'm, I'm from the financial world. So, I mean, you see this suit.
1: Well, there went my Christmas. Fuck everything.
0: We don't use the R word around here, okay, Patrick? I know you're new to these parts. Um, Joel, it, it kind of uh, uh, sums up a lot of what, what I have been thinking is that the basketball program is showing progress. Um I, I want to you know go back to the comparisons of, of Tim Miles and Fred Horberg and, and not not to, uh, uh, you know to put shade on, on one to, to shine a lot mm-hmm. But you're right, Tim was he was active on social media. He was he was uh, not to say he was a character in a negative way, but but he, he had like an infectious enthusiasm. Whereas Fred's, I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, because you followed this a lot closer than I, but he's just more business. And mm-hmm. and so Tim would engage the fans and and have that little bit of a um, yeah, you know social media presence and and Fred doesn't. But yeah, like you said, Tim sold the program and therefore sold out the arena uh, for for a little while. Um, it, and it's a shame that this team, which is by far Fred Hoiberg's most complete team, mm-hmm. and and I've you know. I I don't consider me like old, old, old school or whatever, but um, I, you know, Bryce McGowan's fun to watch, but Mm -hmm. one guy does not a team make, and you know, this year feels like a more complete unit, Um, and so it is Fred Hoiberg's best team. Mm -hmm. It's a shame that nobody's out there going to watch it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly, and you know, last year going into last season, one of the biggest things that we mentioned that I beat home. Until the first tip off, tip off was last year was, was technically on paper his best team talent wise, and it just didn't meld into anything. And now this year you've got a team that's defensive minded. You've got a, uh, some transfers that came in that are good, but they're you know they're not overly heralded. Um, you've got I think four guys that came back this year that have any real experience from last season. You know there wasn't a whole lot expecting and you know look our 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 number one player in terms of entertainment comes off the bench in Tominaga. you know honestly like i mean i'm sure there's people wondering why he's still on the bench i mean his play is not quite honed in enough to to start but when you need him he's there for you you know and i don't you know last year he probably could have been at this talent level but he wouldn't have signed the court just because he didn't match up well for what they had to put out there And unfortunately what they had to put out there last year just didn't click and for you know these guys they're they're clicking you know for the most part for Nebraska basketball they're they're clicking this year and um it took it took firing all, you know or getting rid of the entire coaching staff uh, and in terms of one of my favorites Doc Sadler I love that guy you want to talk about a guy who represented the university well Doc that guy's got nobody's got more heart than Doc um that hurt when he left but he had to gut the, the entire system he changed his offensive philosophy he changed his defensive philosophy and It's more in tune to what the Big Ten does, you know, which, uh, you know, you hate to say that, but that's, you know, for a team like Nebraska with history, who needs to really bust everything they can, not just in recruiting, but on development and dumping money into the program. uh, You've got to do what you need to do. You're not an Ohio State. You're not a million. You know, you're not one of those teams that, you know, is. Can just kind of do anything they need to do to make a good team happen. Nebraska is not going to be that way, and Fred is humble enough to where he is changing himself to make that happen.
0: That I was going to say that is a philosophy that uh, the new football coaching staff needs to adapt or adopt, which is uh, develop a, a system for the players you have, not the players you want. And it seems like you know in his. Fourth year, uh, Hoyberg is, yeah. is started to realize that, uh, and yeah. and the success is showing. Uh, look, any time you beat Creighton is yeah. is a great night, but <laughs> when you beat number seven Creighton, that's uh, yeah. um, that that's. I, I want to do a sidebar because there has been an unusual amount of, of chatter uh, here uh, about like. Look, I don't have a whole lot of hair, but that's on purpose. <laughs> I'm a low maintenance guy. Patrick, you got some great <laughs> hair, but the amount of love and respect being shown to John, uh, so Rogers says John has the best hair. I mean, that's that's. Yeah, I don't know. That's I'm not going to argue that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> to and, do is uh, grow man. out his goatee, grow it out long, and have his wife
1: no. no his hair. No
2: two long braids. No. He'll look like a doom metal guitarist. It'll be awesome.
1: Yeah. I'll- Okay, you know what? I asked her about braiding my hair, and she said it's too fine; it probably won't work.
0: So, Joel, all right, owns, I'll, I'll take your so, advice. All right. <laughs> I have Joel, fine hair. <laughs> Joel envies your hair, and uh, um, then Owen uh, Walker comes in and, and calls you. What we all know already know, and that's the Silver Fox. Silver Fox. So, it, oh my God, it, it's a minor. It's a minor sidebar, uh, but it needed to be addressed because that <clears> was. <throat> That was where the conversation was going. There was one point, uh, one, one, someone that, and I didn't highlight their comment, I apologize, but they said, John, turn back around, and it was so that they could <laughs> look at the back of your head.
1: Well, I am going to, I want you to answer this. Why, I, this has been years, it's been multiple coaches. Why can't Nebraska recruit point guards? You know, are they that's are just a great- not available?
2: That's a great question. It's not only recruiting point guards, but you know, bringing them into your system and getting them the ability to kind of lead your team. You know, uh, one of the biggest critiques I said through the Tim Miles area is that he he had some good players, and some very talented players, but the leadership on the court was just not there for him. And it's I think it's really tough to get a leader who can really dictate what happens on offense. Uh, You know, and and so getting a good point guard is tough. People complain about, and understandably so, like it's hard to get a good big man, you know, and most of the teams that are good have two or three of them, you know, which makes things worse for everybody else because, you know, uh, one of my biggest things with doing previews, preseason or pregame previews for the non-conference ladies, we play, Nebraska plays a lot of teams that aren't, you know, in, in the power five at all or power six, mind you, and, the number one thing on all those teams is none of them have big men. Like their number one forward is like six, right. seven, you know? So that's tough alone for Nebraska. But for some reason they just struggled getting and developing a point guard. And I think finally with Sam and his background and experience, it just works out there now. You know, we definitely had guys who were way more talented than Sam, but it just didn't click.
0: Is, is that a, um, and while we're talking about clicking and, and maybe chemistry – yeah, we did have a little attrition last year. We talked about the, the McGowan's brothers, but correct me if I'm wrong. By and large, a lot of the roster actually stayed intact. There was there wasn't a ton of turnover, and then you get there's only like, four
2: guys with any any experience come back this year. Yeah, there was turnover.
0: Okay, well that, that's why you're here because I don't know shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, all right, sorry. Uh,
2: that's all right. So yeah.
1: did, did did you like do you remember Bo Ryan basketball?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was. That's kind of what I was referring to yeah. when I first mentioned Wisconsin. Did you
1: Did you like it?
2: No, it was terrible. I hated it. <laughs> it was boring, dude. Big Ten you know, basketball. Can... Big Ten basketball is not enjoyable. I'll fully admit that, man. I mean, I, I wish Kevin was on here because he and I would go back and forth all night on, on it. Um, you know, I I I cut my teeth in the Big Eight and the Big Twelve where you shoot. And it's enjoyable, and it's somewhat flashy. Uh, Big Ten basketball is not fun. I, I this is a very crass remark, but um, uh, Scott, I think Scott Van Pelt said it best about a decade or so ago. Watching Big Ten basketball is like watching old people. F word.
1: <laughs> you can say it. On this you time. know, I will say this. <laughs> I hated Bo Ryan. I hated his basketball. But if that's going to be us, I want. us to use that brand of basketball to just irritate the holy shit out of Iowa oh, and Wisconsin and whoever else we put Purdue we irritated them they got discombobulated Mm -hmm. late in that game you remember the end of regulation you have a seven foot five guy and they didn't even get him the ball at the end Mm -hmm. didn't that strike you as kind of
2: dumb I thought he was going to destroy us. I honestly did. Yeah. And, and, and But here's the thing. The Creighton game kind of taught me that because I, I think it was Dirk who said, you know, this is like uh, Nebraska's taking a playbook out of the Wisconsin football, you know, which I thought was okay. He's he, he's punching down because I, I'm guessing he thought that most Nebraskans wouldn't understand the, Nebraska, the Wisconsin basketball reference, but that's what it was. But watching Nebraska beat Creighton for the first time in a few years, Playing that boring offense and just slow. Like I finally got it. I'm like, my team does it, so it makes me happy, so I can accept this. If I watch anybody else do it, I'm gonna be abs- I'm gonna turn the channel. So whatever Nebraska win. You, you, you had
1: to love you had to love Sam Griesel at the end of the Graden game. Yeah. Just backing down to the basket. He just just it waltzed in there and nobody stopped him. And when Mm-mm. they tried to double him, they just flipped it over to some, you know, walker, and there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious.
2: It was. So, I mean, it just – it was – and I was just so happy we were winning that I didn't care what type of basketball it was. And back to Creighton, honestly, like, I know people are suffering over Creighton losing, what are they, five in a row now? You know, it's better for Nebraska ball if Creighton wins. But that's all I'll say on that.
0: <laughs> uh, so we, we've had a, a... – Comment highlighted here for a few minutes. Joel uh, says Huskers need another Jerry West. Then we're going to talk more about the the speed, the new speed of uh, Hoiberg ball.
2: Are we talking about the real Jerry West or the fictitious Jerry West? Uh, is there a difference? Well, did either you guys watch that sh- that Lakers show on um, sh- is it Showtime on HBO? It was about like, no. a, okay, it was good, but it was highly dramatic. And Jerry West in there was over-dramatized beyond belief. Like, I think he threatened to sue HBO because they made him look like just a crazy man. Um, so, you know, if we're talking about that Jerry West, that guy never existed. Uh, if we're talking about the, re- the real Jerry West, yeah, possibly. You know, we, 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 we could use somebody with a moderate amount of throwdown. <laughs>
1: oh i don't what what what's ahead for us uh we got kansas state
2: coming up on saturday they're nine and one with a first year head coach um i haven't done the preview yet so i'm not 100 percent who they've played but still nine and one's nine and one going in we play them neutral site in kansas city after that we have um a holiday tournament next week uh where nebraska will play a handful of teams i can't oh, remember who they start right. with um, but the big one after all that is December 29th, we play Iowa at home before the New Year's. So that's okay. kind of where my mind is already at. Just because league plays where, yeah, I'm just ready for league play.
1: How, how – uh,
0: go ahead, Greg. I was going to say, uh, as we get through some of these basketball comments, uh, Owen asked or, or stated, so Fred slowed the game down, started to play defense and half-court basketball.
2: Oh, very much so, yeah. When we talk about Wisconsin and Big Ten basketball, that's exactly what he did. He slowed it down. And half-court basketball, yeah, to a certain extent, he started pushing that more. But um, you still see the old-school uh, Fred, uh, you know, shoot the basket, run back, play defense. So, you know, it's not 100% that. But, I mean, for the most part, Owen, yeah, that's that's what he's done. And it's, it's working.
0: We had another question here uh, about uh, Big Ten basketball refs. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell me, um, I,
1: basketball. I'm basketball officiating drives me crazy. I,
2: I'm not I,
1: basketball. I'm,
2: go ahead. Oh no, I just I don't have much opinion on refs. I I'm not a big hater on refs, just because I just don't think much of them. <laughs> you know, I mean, name a good ref. I mean, I just you only know notice refs when you don't like them. So I mean, it's uh, you know I've seen some really bad Pac-12 refs in basketball.
1: I think they, they drive me completely batshit insane because everything's just, you know, you get the foul, you get the fouls like uh, two big guys beating the shit out of each other, and then one of them will take. You get the mixture of ticky tack versus violence is what just makes me. I I had to not throw my laptop in my TV last week at the end of the Purdue game. I had to consciously get up, put my laptop away from me, get up and walk away from the room. Because I just thought, what you anticipated that last foul, you called it even though it wasn't even there, and I just you know for you to do that at the end of the game, end of the game, I mean five minutes in the it left in the game, I'm fine. Call that foul at the end of the game, and you determine the game with it. That's just shit. Yeah, and I I understand basketball is extremely fast, and there's a lot going on all the time, and it's very hard to officiate. But at the same time uh i i mean i've been i've you know been down in the field and stuff and talked to officials and i would i would you know what i would love to see i would love to see like any group of media guys try to officiate any sport i think it would be you know because you constantly get these media guys going oh well they don't have to explain themselves and they don't have to be held accountable but who the fuck holds you guys accountable? Just one time I'd like to see an actual basketball game that wasn't an exhibition game, wasn't a conference game maybe either, but have a bunch of media guys try to officiate. They could switch it up between halves, and then we could just embroil them a lot. I would love to see
2: Chatel on there.
1: Yeah, well, maybe not him. I mean, that's I- a little – could be a health risk. I think, uh, you know, part of it
0: is makes it so difficult Really officiating, and I think particularly in basketball, and this is something I picked up—not picked up—it's something I kind of realized when I was listening to a John and Todd's Monday Night Therapy uh, Tuesday. But I, you know, from this past week and Todd's frustration with basketball, officiating is so subjective, you know. It and and it may not be a foul in the first half; it may be a foul in the second half, or vice versa. It's you know, where, where do they draw the line from? We'll let them play to oh now we need to enforce the rules you know and that's that's the
2: I think that's the biggest issue.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So. No, and that makes it's like, like... I'm, I'm not good with officiating. I I treat them as kind of well they're kind of the judge, jury, and edu- executioner. There's nothing we can really do about it. I mean this is somebody who's I've been in finance and banking for so long that I'm just used to getting the shit kicked out of me my regulators. So when <laughs> So, I hope none of the regulators who I have to deal with listen to this. But um, but no, I mean it's just you just I just deal with them and I don't really worry about how they how games are dealt by them. It's it's officials are just officials to me.
0: Husker Jpg says Big Ten referees protect the princes of the Big Ten, whether it's football or basketball. NU is a peasant. Purdue is a, a basketball prince that could be NCAA number one seed you not so much, so Purdue gets protected.
1: Yeah. You I know, mean, there, the, there have been studies done that show that you get the calls on your home court. You normally get more calls on your home court or your home field or whatever it is. So it is typical if you're watching a basketball game to just recognize that the home court is going to get more calls. That's kind of... I don't want to say it's a known quantity. The other thing I keep bringing up is, like you mentioned, the Indiana loss. It is hell trying to win on the road in the Big Ten specifically. But in any basketball arena, it's very difficult. So um, there's that. But I think Purdue also nationally was good at getting people to the foul line. Mm -hmm. And that is one thing I think in that game that they didn't do as well as they've done in other games. I mean, because how else she gonna how else she gonna play against the seven foot five guy other than to like hack him and just beat him up and you know, I don't pull his shorts down. Or my favorite play, my favorite play since I was so horrible at basketball. Okay, it was my second favorite play. When the guy went up for a jump shot, you shot your hand out at his nuts. Until the referee said, Do not do that anymore. Dude.
2: You guys are a different breed out of Curtis.
1: <laughs> no, I was terrible at basketball. I just, just I'm a horrible basketball player. I, nothing I should have ever I I took stats.
0: <laughs> so uh, James says, Let's just lay the hay where the goats can reach out. Basketball officiating will keep you down till you prove you belong.
1: Not sure what the goats have. I'm to gonna do with go that.
2: with that. Sure, why not?
1: <laughs> I'm gonna go with that. You know why? Because because uh, that way I you know I can attack people on Twitter. like Purdue, you know I kind of went after them a little bit on, about uh, and, and honestly, the our Purdue site was like, yeah, why didn't we get to the ball of the ED at the end of regulation? That was kind of mm-hmm. funny. you know both of us were like throw it to the really tall huge guy under the basket at the end of regulation. What are you doing? Our guys I like Walker
2: were just, they were defending the hell out of him. They, they,
1: yeah. And that,
2: that's another thing we haven't talked about. I mean, Nebraska's, you know, started out a little rough this year. And Walker coming back from whatever ailment he had really took it to another level. And I, Purdue probably would have blown us out if he was not in that game.
1: Yeah, that's true. He has I mean, to stay he,
2: healthy. He really, whatever it is, he needs, yeah, he needs to stay healthy.
0: Matt had a good question a little bit ago, uh, talking about Pinnacle Bank. Uh, It is a great arena. Mm -hmm. Can it draw recruits? I mean, is it? I feel like, and maybe this is just because I'm so far out of the the you know sphere of knowledge or or whatever. But obviously, we talk about football facilities, Mm -hmm. Uh, basketball facilities. do, Do they factor in as much?
2: Yeah, I would say for the most part, I mean, not just uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena, but also the Hendricks Center and all that's gotten there. I mean, it's still some of the top one, not only in the conference, but in the nation. Um, I mean, it's, I mean, let's be honest, you know, in basketball, it's a lot different than football. Guys like the McGowan's come in, they, they want out, they want in the NBA or Europe or China or, you know, wherever. It's just not it matters, but I think that, you know, what can you do for me after this really matters. And again, we talk about it all the time for football, but NIL is probably as big of a factor as anything right now.
1: Yeah, somebody you know. asked that earlier. One of the commenters said, can Nebraska benefit from nil? Same I mean, football. I have my thoughts. Yeah, I but, basketball
2: is the same as football because it all comes down to what they're getting paid.
1: Yeah, but are they going to even get paid at Nebraska? I mean, Let's be honest. If you were a guy, well, you you with your millions of dollars, Patrick, if you're in banking, you with your cash sitting around, I know that that wall behind you is probably there because of some kind of terror thing you do with blindfolds and everything, but uh, you with your whole shit tons of money, would you take any of that money and give it to basketball or would you give it to football where the ego is massaged? You know,
2: in a way, I'd probably go basketball because it'd be a lot easier to distribute because you're dealing with smaller players, you know, a smaller amount of players, and you can get those names out there a heck of a lot quicker. I mean, if I was somebody with money, if I was, um, why wouldn't I throw it out with the McGowan brothers last year?
1: Uh, Who would you throw it out
2: for football? Who would you throw it out for football the last two years? Would you throw Or would you throw out the McGowan brothers, especially um, – which one was the younger one? I'm, I'm brain dead right now. Was it Bryce? Bryce, Bryce? yeah, You're not Bryce. He was guaranteed first, second round of the NBA draft. Why would you not? Why would you not give him nil money? I mean, you could That'd use be- him forever. You know, you can make ads with him and use those long after he's done with you. You know, because
1: because because you can't go. Can, do you really think you can go around with your millionaire buddies and and display that as an ego thing? Yeah, I bought Bryce McGowan for Nebraska. Or or Joe Smith. If Joe Smith comes in, he's like seven foot five, and he's that Edie dude's twin. Mm-hmm. and you bought him, would you? That be something you brag about, or would you say, "Yeah, I paid for the middle linebacker"?
2: If it made me more money, I would do the basketball, and I think the profits there, especially long term, at least comparatively. i we're talking comparatively to when Nebraska football is and when Nebraska basketball is. You know, it's been more of a crapshoot shoot for football than it has been for basketball the basketball hasn't shown it on the court but we've been pumping guys in the nba no that
1: is true yeah, been playing Nairobi.
2: yeah i mean it's you know it, it's it's bad comparison i hate comparing the two sports i think one of the worst things we do in society is we compare one sport to the next in all
1: facets not just what happens on the field but it, it no you bring up a good point okay John. Okay, then let's compare this and stay on the same poor, same. My oh, God, driving down here on the ice was exhausting. Um, there was a car about a half mile in front of me. You just saw it just going along, and all of a sudden, it just went, and I don't know if it took out anybody with it, but it was gone, man. It was like, it just decided to go right 90 degrees off the road, and everybody just kind of went, uh oh. Well, I hope you're okay, dude. Anyway, what was I going to say? Okay, nil. Let's stay in basketball, but compare Nebraska's basketball nil prospects to the rest of the Big Ten. For example, I'm going to go back to football for just a minute. When you look at Nebraska football, you know that we're going to pump out a lot of money compared to our Big Ten West counterparts in football. Do you think we will keep up at all in Big Ten basketball with no money?
2: I don't see why we won't. I mean, if we've learned anything from Nebraska, the money's there. And, I mean, okay. it's, you know, I mean, like, it's, you know, I mean, you're going to get better than schools like a Rutgers or a Purdue, you know, like Northwestern. Um, are you going to struggle against the Ohio State and Michigans? Yeah. Um, could Nebraska get to a point to where they actually pony up better than Indiana and Purdue and Maryland? I think they probably could just because the money's there to be spent. You know, uh, none of those other schools have really proven on that level to be up there. Hmm. You know okay, I mean, it's you know if you look at the the, the, the the program and the history, they should be, you would think, but this is Nil. this is something. This is new, you know? And if you have a good, I mean, Texas A&M is absolutely, like, they were a laughing stock this year on the football field, but they've got one hell of an NIL base and they are dumping a ton of money into those kids. You know, Uh, NIL comes down to money. I just, plain and simple, that's all this is. Nebraska's got a base, they're putting the investments in um, the big thing with me and NIL is, okay, if those people are dumping that money into NIL, were these the same people who were putting the same amount of money into the program beforehand? And what is the university going to do to offset that? Does that make sense? Yeah. That's a big question on that. You know what? Um, I they know they got, have-
1: got their money. They doesn't matter. They got money but for their huge facility.
2: Mm-hmm. We think we did. So yeah.
1: now it's done and they can go for a while.
2: And we've heard for a long time, I mean, one of the problems with the Big Ten money is that it, you know, we've heard for a while that Nebraska has struggled in the city of Omaha for fundraising. Um, what's going to happen there? I know Trev's big deal, and that's been probably about 20, 10, 15, at least 10, 15 years strong now. And, you know, I know Trev's, you know, ba- you know, background is UNO, so hopefully he fixes that. But, you know, what do you do with that money? Do you put it in the program or do you funnel it into NIL? You know, these are questions. I, think, I mean, just so you know, it's still so much the wild west. You know, we have ideas on what can happen, but
1: I think you need to go to Omaha and you need to find the Creighton guys that are giving money to the Creighton basketball program and go. Hey, things burned down, accidents happen. What are you doing? <laughs> Got a new car there? It it's a shame. Caught on fire overnight. It's important it to like remind... We could,
2: uh, we, we'll send Husker Mike up there. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it's important to remind uh, the, the listeners who are not watching. John is not in his usual location. He is in a hotel room. Hotel rooms traditionally have very thin walls. So there are people in surrounding hotel rooms wondering what the hell is happening in room
2: 204.
1: That's close,
2: mind you, John. It, aren't you? You're you are in Iowa, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're a pilgrim in unholy land right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, God, tell me about it. Uh,
0: <sighs> an interesting question here uh, in regards to uh, Coach Fred. How is his health? Joel wants to know.
2: Oh, in regards to his heart, I think fine as far as I know you know I mean the thing with Nebraska basketball and kind of drives me nuts as a writer is that you don't hear a whole lot about anything you know and Fred's pretty quiet you don't hear much about his personal life he's not he, he's not like I mean not to bring him back up he's not like Tim Miles and Doc Sadler who was seen a lot right. and did a lot of interviews and really kind of jumped into the community um, especially with Fred's background in Lincoln uh, you just don't hear much, you know. I mean, it, I also don't dig much into that area, so I'm, I'm not the best to ask. Yeah, you, you just yeah, don't hear don't, it. You know, But he doesn't let it out, you know.
1: Yeah. You know, I bugged him when he first got hired. I can't. I think he was at a spring game, and I bugged him about wanting a statue built to himself. You know, if he had a word to win the NCAA game, you know, you would really want that statue, don't you? And you know, he kept he kept looking at me like, uh, "Could you get the fuck away from me?" That was the one look, and then. But you know, I get that a look from a lot of people, so I'm not sure if it's them or just everybody does that to me. <laughs> but he he kept saying, you know, I'd really rather have a statue built of my dad. I think it was his grandfather. I can't Grandpa the
2: was the coach. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All
0: right, so
2: we. But mentioned- he,
1: he didn't he didn't took a swing. He never took a swing at me. So I, I you know <laughs> you got to give him that. Kansas State
0: uh, coming up on Saturday, uh, and that is uh, going to be in Kansas City at the T-Mobile Center. So if you're in the area, go and uh, wear your red. And then tell me about the Battle in the Vault coming up uh, on December 20th. Uh, Owen uh, had mentioned that uh, earlier on in the... Say- Owen, oh, I hadn't forgotten about it. I, uh, I, I pinned this comment hours ago, it seems. Uh The Battle at the Vault. There are going to be three games uh, in in PBA: uh, Oklahoma Wesleyan versus Concordia, Mississippi State versus Drake, and then Nebraska taking on
2: Queens. It's a holiday tournament. I think Queens is. I think they're nine and two right now. Uh, Queens University, the Royals. Their mascot's a lion. Um, You know. uh, Why are we
1: playing them?
2: they they wanted to be a part of the tournament they said we'll come to lincoln nebraska and freeze our butts off in december so they did um i know they beat george mason that's about all i know uh or they lost to george mason they played a lot of lower level teams i mean nebraska should win i don't know why they wouldn't full
0: disclosure Um, it's queens north carolina not queens
2: new york so they will be freezing their butts off (laughs)
1: <laughs> there's a queen's north carolina
2: it's queen's, queens university at least
1: is it what's the population
0: let me do you 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 discuss and i will look that up
2: okay. i have no idea <laughs> no it, so it's all you, were gonna... that, you know like i said we got kansas coming up so i was kind of more plan on talking about that but yeah Queens Right John.
1: Right now right All now, right. Where, do you, where do you think Nebraska finishes? I think
2: they finish in the bottom 4 or 5 To be honest of the Big 10 um, I think they just miss out on an NIT um, And I think they're going to be hovering right around 500 Just because this is the Big 10 And they'll have some upsets But I mean they only have 6 wins right now And we're getting ready to start conference play um, Do they have ten, 10 more wins in them? I think so, but I don't know how much more than that. I mean, I hate to say that. I don't mean to be a downer, but um, Nebraska, Fred's teams in Nebraska haven't shown us a whole lot in terms of progress. Um, this is the best year so far, and uh, as good as they do look, they're still struggling to a certain extent. Uh, you know, and Big Ten's a good conference still, so.
0: All right, here's what I have for you guys. Uh, makes more sense now. It's Queens University of Charlotte, which Charlotte is known as the Queen City. Uh, It's a private university, has approximately 2,300 undergraduate and graduate students from the College of Arts and Sciences. Uh, They have a school of business, etc. They have an acceptance rate of 68%, a graduation rate of 53%, and the average cost after aid is $27,000.
1: Okay. I have never heard of these people, and I pay attention to baseball, and there are baseball teams all across America in schools that you've never heard of. All so, right, well, let's
0: talk uh, about some notable alumni.
1: Yes. <laughs> We're waiting. There, there's no let
0: – me, let, me, let me click the show more and see if there are any. <laughs> uh, Stephen Baldwin. I don't know if that's even one of the Baldwin brothers yeah um, Carlos Andrade is a Portuguese basketball player oh he, uh, well he 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 was uh he went undrafted in 2003 so see he was
1: he was known well known for setting cars on fire at night oh Lord
0: <laughs> okay
1: <laughs> Kansas State
0: let's talk about the Wild.
2: They're good so far. They're nine and one. I, I like. I said I'm just starting their preview. Um, first year head coach. I, Nebraska should do well against them. Um, let me pull up my notes. Give me one second. Sorry about this. You- I thought I was prepared. I guess. Not. So, so all I'm um, gonna say is. No. You can read um, the
0: article on coordination.com.
2: Yeah, read the article on coordination. I mean, you know, they, they, they've they got some decent wins. They beat Cal. They beat LSU. They lost to Butler by about 12 points. Um, uh, they beat Wichita by five. Uh, they're pulling off wins they need to. They're going to be really good going into the conference slate here pretty soon. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be, you know, because it's Kansas State, Nebraska, and Kansas City, I don't think either team's going to have a home court advantage, really, you know, just based on demographics. Uh, You know, yeah, read more of the article on when it comes out tomorrow at com. Not that anybody reads the articles because you you people definitely didn't read the Indiana one.
0: (laughs) What do you mean, you people? Yeah. Yeah,
2: (laughs) <laughs> All you people. What? All you people Are, who they, talk about Nebraska basketball but don't exactly read the articles. Oh, and my so, God. So uh, the the game
0: on Saturday, uh, 6 o'clock. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to be on Big 12 now for television. I
2: think it's ESPN Plus, isn't it? I don't know. It
0: just says, according to Huskers.com, it says Big 12 now. Yeah, ESPN then,
2: Plus. It's on ESPN Plus, too. Okay.
0: Yeah. It, it's all part of the write-up that's coming on Coronation. Make sure you read
2: it. We all have ESPN uh, subscriptions, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, I have no? the bundle. Okay. I've got yeah. kids, so I've did got you, the best. Were, exactly. yeah, were, you you were you going to give us a World Cup update? Me? <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> yes, What's you. It? Let's move on uh
2: <laughs> being played in a highly um, controlled Middle Eastern country in the Gulf. Uh, I know some people have perished there due to unknown circumstances. Uh, a lot of oil, a lot of sand. Uh, it's the French against Morocco.
1: Is that right? No. <laughs> Croatia plays Morocco for third. Third place. Okay. France, versus, France versus Argentina.
2: France versus Argentina. Okay. Um, France versus Morocco would have been a lot more interesting, at least politically. Let's be honest there.
0: True. <laughs> okay, okay <laughs> Greg, moving let's, along. Yeah, we're going to shift. Eric would I mean, burn either way. <laughs> uh, we, let's uh, shift, and let's talk about Memorial Stadium. because Trey Okay. Got, our athletic director made a couple of announcements regarding some updates uh, uh, to Memorial Stadium, including taking out about what was it, about 600 seats in on in the west side, I believe, uh, for some more premium uh, club seats. Club, yeah, club type I mean club seats. Yeah. So, uh, and and we'll piggyback that uh, with the fact that they're also going to drop season tickets 100 bucks which i don't know i feel like maybe not enough but what do i know
2: it's better than nothing i guess
0: oh no i'm not i'm not discounting you know or, or disagreeing with that at all it just seems like
1: i don't know they, they could do more well let's be honest them ripping up a bunch of seats in the west side stadium i mean yet you know, this past week my wife had her Christmas program for the little kids she teaches at her preschool. And I mentioned to our pastor that anytime you change anything, Memorial Stadium, it's just like dealing with a religious service where everybody shits themselves and calls the pastor over and over because, oh, my God, there's change. So, I mean, Memorial Stadium really needs I, – I don't get out much. Everybody knows that. I didn't get there entire last year you know how much i'll be able to get around this year would depend on how well i do in taking care of myself and, and getting uh in better physical shape this coming right. kind of season anyway i memorial stadium needs a complete makeover it really does and if people are going to bitch it at all about it i just i don't see the point you've had the same what the, the same aluminum seats has been there since 1923 aren't they okay there were wood for a while but you know, I mean, they could tear all that stuff out and put in seats, actual seats, and and do all sorts of changes. They could tear the whole fucking thing down, leave the four columns with the glory stuff and in the deed, the glory things, and, and rebuild an entire stadium, and it'd probably be a good idea to do so. Now, in saying that, you know, I know I've committed blasphemy. Wow. But I, but I, I really... For for being a stadium of which the entire state comes to congregate for our you know religious pastime, uh, they could really have a better venue all around. I think for am am I just committing blasphemy all over? I, I've been sound sitting, like a big. I
2: I am personally a big fan of really older stadiums and coliseums. Like I think college football or football as a whole peaked at the Yale Bowl just to give you an idea of where I'm coming from. But with that said, I think they've dumped so, they've tried to retrofit so many older stadiums to where it's almost to the point to where just, um, I, again, I love older stadiums. I really do. But, you know, if they tore Memorial Stadium down, made it smaller, made uh, this all the sides a lot steeper, a lot more aggressive for when, you know, uh, opposing teams come in you know, just really steep to where it just holds the sound in. I think that would be pretty awesome. You know, uh, treat the student section better. You know, don't just put them in a random area. Put them either behind the opponents or in an end zone. Or honestly, take the entire out bottom, like bottom, like five, 10 rows of the stadium all the way around students. Do something like, you know, something where you just make your home base the most aggressive place to play because we're the nicest people in the world. But if you've if you heard post game interviews from winning teams, it really doesn't matter. They think it's cute, and that's about it. So, yeah. I, I, John, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you. It's never going to happen. But uh, you know, if, if they said, "Hey, we're going to tear down Memorial Stadium, drop it down to 60, 70 thousand and make it an acoustic masterpiece," I'd be okay with that.
1: You know, the other thing is, it's try. It's not. When when most people deal with this stuff, they don't deal with any of the logistics. They don't care. They just they're like, you know, end users. They just expect shit to work. And trying to the worst thing about the old stuff like that is trying to fit any new technology into it. And then people go to games and go, I can't get a wireless signal. Well, fuck you! You're basically standing in a giant Faraday cage. Mm. What do you think? I mean, this stuff was built back in 1923 with giant, massive shit tons of concrete and rebar. It's a big... uh, People probably don't know what a Faraday cage is. Faraday cage, you stick something inside this cage that blocks all the signals in and out of it. But that's basically what you're looking at when you're dealing with old stuff. And then you want beer, and you want wine, and you want this stuff. Well, okay, does that fit into everything in the logistics there? No, it doesn't. So I'm surprised that this is the only thing they're tearing up right away.
0: Joel asked...
2: You hear so much complaints about South Stadium. Like, I I, I haven't sat in South South Stadium in forever, but I I hear that, you know, just the flow, the bathrooms, everything just need updating over there. Is that still true? I don't know.
1: Anyway.
0: Joel asked, you know, simply, is Memorial Stadium outdated?
1: Well, yeah, but it's also. Yes and no. It's (laughs) both. I mean,
2: they've updated enough to keep it, you know worthwhile and nice, you know, East and West stadiums are, 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 I think very up to code and everything. I think they did a a quite a bit with the North stadium too. Um, they've done a fairly decent job keeping the older parts prominent, you know, especially those pillars and everything like John, you just mentioned, um, they built around a lot of stuff, but there's a certain point to where, you know, I mean, I think they said after the last expansion that they can't expand anymore and it's kind of one of those, you know, how much retrofitting is worth it. But that's that's beyond my knowledge. I, I don't know.
0: Owen said, uh, going back to, you know, tear it down and start over type of thing, uh, says, I've been thinking about that too, John, rebuild. But would you make a bigger capacity or smaller? Patrick, you said smaller, right? You said 65?
2: Something like that, 60, 70. Yeah. I mean, it, it just – demographics are changing and we've lost at least a generation of husker fans over the past 20 years so it's going to take a the lot thing is,
1: i think the thing is is i mean you get technology being what it is it's going to advance to the point that we're going to have vr headsets on in about 10 years watching football games from wherever we want to be mm-hmm. you know that's going to make the experience something like being there without actually having to physically be there that's a future that people need to consider so no, I wouldn't make it any bigger. I don't see the point of that.
0: Matt says that yeah. the bench seats make it a crowded situation. However, and I fit in like I fit into this category. So I'm not casting aspersions. I'm not making fun of anybody. But if you put in, you know, a, a traditional stadium chair, you're going to have a lot of people who may not necessarily fit. I mean, like, they're spilling out of the 18 inches of bleacher. They're not necessarily going to fit into something that's confined with sides. How do we go about that? Do we go, do we adopt John's vegan diet?
2: (laughs) Hypothetically, yeah, but the American public isn't going to do that. Vegan diets and electric vehicles.
1: Okay, the you know what? If you go to U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota, that you just those are the seats. If you don't fit in them. That's your fucking problem. You know
0: what and I mean?
2: Stadiums at, and roller coasters, man. That's a fairly new stadium. It's got the newer seats, which are just wider than the old school sided seats, like you talked about, Greg. Um, you know, I, yeah. I mean, the seats now are fairly big and look. I mean, even the just basic plastic ones without any padding are still good size yeah i mean you are right john
0: brian said uh, when i was a student i being brian not me pretty sure lower east side was all students would have a lot louder stadium if we get the students back along the field um i don't disagree
2: i would agree i was on the east side i would agree yeah
1: i was on the east I, I side and it was, yeah. you know, it was now they
2: shove them in that corner all the way up to the top. and Yeah, put them down below near the action. Make them loud and
1: rowdy. They need to put them where the team comes out. Mm-hmm. Other side know, the so stadium. the team can return. The team, after the game, can return to where they're going into the stadium. And the students can greet students. And they can all, I don't know, sing a song together. They can make up a new song. Maybe we'll make up one for them in the off season.
2: You mean Grandma Bethel, who's been sitting there for seventy years, doesn't cut it
1: anymore, John? Well, you know what, change is hell.
0: Joel says, "Build a modern stadium that's loud and a better experience for fans." I do like the idea of building up and having a you know uh, a, a crowd that almost feels like you're sitting on top, you know, uh, of the action. Um, I I don't know. It, there's look. When we get to this, there's like anything else, you're never going to make a change that's going to make everybody happy. Uh, so uh, as long as you know you're going to piss off some people, get to getting it. Get to pissing them hey, off. You
1: know, Bethel got $100 off her tickets next year. We and can- she probably hasn't
2: made a donation in 50 years. That's another yeah. problem. That's another problem, which they're probably trying to figure out, which probably has something to do with this $100 off.
1: She has the uh, coffee cans. He was grandfathered
2: in under, was it, uh, oh, God. Who, what, what athletic director did that? There was, there was like a one-time-you're-done thing. Burn. Um, I think it was Burnt. I think it was Bill. I, I and, and it basically cut out a good chunk of the stadium from ever paying donation again, which really wasn't fair. But, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I I think the
1: $100 off thing, I think the $100 off thing is a nice gesture to basically say without coming out right and saying it is basically saying, we know this is shit, we've delivered you shit. And here's one way for us to make up to it. If you please keep coming to the games and buying tickets, you can have a reduction because we know we've served you garbage now for at least the last four to five years. So, I mean, they're not going to come out and say that, but... That's
0: really yeah. what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Joel simply says, sell more beer at home. And Roger, I think, was – Roger's chiming in from the uh, brief World Cup we we uh, had, World Cup talk. He says, the French have great fries.
2: Oui, oui.
0: Uh, oh, I mean, my God. I, I don't have to. I did before the show started. Ba-dum-tsh. All right, well, let's uh, transition while we're still in the vicinity. Let's talk Transfer Portal. You guys ready yeah. for some Transfer Portal talk? John, are you ready? Sure. I yeah. love what John has done. He has made keeping track of, of how the Transfer Portal affects the University of Nebraska. He's made it so simple, and... Uh, he has put together a little tracker for you. So check it out, coordination.com. He's doing the work so that you don't have to. And at present, I'm going to get this count right.
1: Did, did You know what, I, I made a this morning. What? I, I made a change this morning. The kickers should be on there now. So let me know if that updated because it, you know, it, I drove and froze and stuff. Okay, it did. So the spreadsheet is updating properly.
0: Twelve players, 12, 12 Nebraska players have entered the portal. And realistically, let's go back to the earliest one, which was uh, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda uh, back at the second week of October, which did seem a little premature, but whatever. Um, Twelve have entered. One has landed. I guess two. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, because Ernest Hausman announced he was going to Michigan? Yep. Okay, so that one's not updated, but that's okay. Uh, so Ernest Hausman's going to Michigan, which sucks. That's, I think, the, the biggest loss. Uh, and then uh, Jaden Gold, uh, is safety, is going from Nebraska to Syracuse, where we just took Syracuse's defensive coordinator and brought him to Nebraska. Also coming to Nebraska is long snapper Marco Ortiz from Florida. He entered the portal at the end of October. So... I don't know. It's a weird situation. This is me talking. I think it's a weird situation when people enter the the portal before the end of the season. Is that is that just didn't that just ring as kind of wrong to you all?
2: No, no, kids are weird
0: because they're not you know playing what? right away. It's not. It's, it's not like. It's not like he. It, okay, let's talk about I, IGC. He's not entering the portal on October 11th and it's it's not like free agency in the NFL where he can be picked up on a Tuesday and and play the following week. I mean, he's sitting out the rest of the year. What what is the benefit of, you know, departing early?
1: He's done. I mean, that's I really what it is. But, you know back back when if we well, back when I was young, uh, I mean, you'd have guys that just they'd be done in the middle of the season, they'd just quit. This is their way of quitting now. I mean, you enter the transfer portal, you're basically you're done with football. Yeah, uh, if somebody's that picked up somewhere league. else,
2: if somebody's what's that, that? Desperate, get out, let them go. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you're so, not you're you're bad at it. I mean, I'm not saying you had a bad attitude. I'm not saying that, but like any negativity that comes along with you having to stay there and having to play out the rest of the season, that's not going to help the team. I, I don't know. This is like nil to me. It, it's still a wild west situation that needs a lot of regulation when it comes down to it and and look i
0: i understand that to an extent right um it's it's one of those hey if you're not happy here go be happy somewhere else uh or or go be you know where you think you can be happy but i also like you know part of my old school upbringing is you made a commitment You know, like at least see the season. I remember, uh, so I had a Sports Illustrated for Kids subscription when I was obviously a kid. And I had one of their like offshoot books and it was about Joe Montana. And Joe Montana, of course, he's a four-time Super Bowl champion, Hall of Famer. And he, at times, playing youth football, wanted to quit in the middle of the season. All his dad said is, if you don't want to play next season, you don't have to play, but you're not going to quit on Uh, on your team, you're not, you're, you made a commitment. You're going to see it through. Like there's no, there's nobody stepping in and, and advocating for, for seeing anything through. It's like, Oh, well, if you want to, if you want to leave, you know, see you later. Like why, why isn't anybody stepping in and saying, I understand that that you're not happy, but see it through because it may get better. Why, why doesn't anybody advocate that? Why is it just, all right, see you later. Because we have
1: a whole guy, a couple of guys we need to get rid of. Fair. This is really what it comes down to. There are 120. The last time I checked, there are 128 players on a roster, and that's probably about 20 more than really need to be there. So Wasn't we?
2: I, we to like 140 something at one point, or was that?
1: Yeah, that's yeah. just you know that was cute by about Frost, but that he wanted that many players, but it was really. In hindsight, it was really stupid.
0: It's unsustainable.
1: Uh, yeah, but we, we there are a number of people that, you know, I mean, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda wasn't really playing. He wasn't going to probably get on the field much. Isn't that crazy? He had
0: the first touchdown of the season.
1: Right, right.
0: You know, on we foreign soil, no less.
1: Keep in mind that a lot of these kids were part of a group of kids that never got to make campus visits mm-hmm. because of COVID. And they got recruited, and they had to go look at like stuff online, and then you go to a place, and for whatever reason, you don't like it, you don't fit there. I mean, what? I there's no point in staying, you know?
0: Well, it, I I will agree with with some of that, but specifically, and I'm not trying to like throw IGC under the bus or anything like that. Like, I don't know the kid, you know. I'm not going to say best of luck, right. where we, because I don't I don't care. He's not a Husker anymore, so I don't care if he has good luck, bad luck, or you know, shits the bed, but. He he joined Nebraska this past offseason where, like, COVID restrictions were not what they were. So he could have taken a, you know, and, and maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know his his recruitment. Uh, but to, to an extent, John, yes, I do agree with you. Some guys had to, you know, make a decision sight unseen. But not by the time we got to, you know, spring 2022, I don't think.
1: Okay, you want to know what pisses me off about the transfer portal? Fuck yes. Two players. One's named Akana, and the other one is Kayla Caffey. I am conflicted. Do I supposed to feel good for them that they beat fucking San Diego tonight? and get to play for a national title for the likes of Texas Longhorns? Or do I just look at them and go, fuck you, I hope you get crushed?
2: I got
0: nothing. Sorry. <laughs> really? This is an interesting one because I didn't know this. I didn't know about the uh, relation, as it were. Uh, but uh, Joel M. Joel Taguchi says, Brant Banks entered Portal and now his girlfriend Maddie Kubik isn't returning for the volleyball squad. Sad to see Maddie go. I didn't know, you know... Uh,
2: you know, first of all, he's Brand an Bayard.
0: offensive lineman who never saw the field. Yeah. I mean, he has yeah. he has three years left of eligibility, so he never like he,
1: like. I think he played. He played a little bit. Okay, not well, very much. You know.
0: So, but it brings me to a what would be the equivalent of a political cartoon if it wasn't about sports. Uh, and I shared that I saw this. I think Adam Carriker shared it earlier this week, and it's three. You know, quarterbacks, and I'm not saying they're Nebraska quarterbacks, uh, but they happen to have red practice jerseys on, black shorts, and white helmets, and there's a one, two, and three. And the number three guy says, third string, or thinks to himself, third string, I'm entering the transfer portal. And then he sees the transfer portal and uh, says, uh-oh, I just went from three to 1,303. And I was like, well, I mean, that's, you know, maybe a little hyperbole, maybe a little exaggeration, but also – as we look at this list, John, that you provide, coordination.com, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for the best Nebraska coverage you'll ever find.
2: Uh, we have,
1: Nobody reads the basketball articles. <laughs>
2: we we have... I see the stats. Kevin and I bitch on a regular basis about this.
0: We we have uh 12 Nebraska departures, and only two of them have found a landing spot. So it's not it's not new it's not uncommon knowledge that you know you enter the transfer portal there's a pretty high likelihood that you're not going anywhere unless you you have like Ernest skill or Casey Thompson I mean there are exceptions certainly but like there's a talent gap right there's the the top players will find a home Everybody else is well you know, go go D two, go to uh FCS school. It, yeah. You know, I mean like you're it's
2: not be the best route. You're not gonna get the NIL money, but you're gonna see playing time, and honestly, you got on a decent enough FCS squad, you're gonna get somewhat of attention for the NFL. You know, you may not you know, you, you may, may might be going from a third string offensive lineman to a starter the next year and you're gonna get enough reps and a decent enough program. You know, let's say even Northern Iowa, you know, Southern Illinois, you know, teams that don't make the playoffs per se, but are fairly decent teams or, you know, they're not North Dakota states or Montana states, but they're good programs. You go there, you play two, three years and, you know, I mean, it's, you know, if you're just looking at, you know, what can I do better for myself in terms of program, that's going to be a very small eye hole to get through. But there are plenty of better places for a lot of these guys. And here's another thing. A lot of these guys who are playing at places like Nebraska, uh, Power 5 schools, they probably shouldn't be there. Right. They you know, I yeah, mean, honestly, true. like, you know, you – I mean, there's a re- – the nice thing with the NI about the transfer portal is that, you know, th- there's a good a chunk of humble pie on most of these guys are going to be eating, you know. So, you know, you spend five years at Nebraska on the pe- practice squad – Or, you know, do you go to Pittsburgh State in Kansas and win a conference
1: title? Yeah. Jacquez Yann will probably get picked up by somebody. Uh, Kevin Williams has got one year left. I mean, he could be probably a G5 lineman. Uh, The coldest Crawford we know nothing about because he got injured and never got the chance to play. But you know some of these other guys, you know Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, he probably can play somewhere. Mm-hmm. But you know, are they going to get scholarships? I don't know. Or, a, or a they'll get a kick- you know what? I refreshed this, and our three kickers. There should be three kickers listed on the end of that list. Uh, you know, was we'll it Brendan Franks, Contreras, and Gabe Hines? So there are three players not showing up on that article. I was surprised by the fact that we basically, we have four kickers that entered the transfer portal. So kind of weird. There goes our kickers. This is our best yeah. year for special teams in quite
2: some time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. So
0: we have some, uh,
1: <laughs> we have,
0: we have some comments that are uh, some of them touching back on Memorial stadium. Uh, which we'll get to briefly because, you know, they're they're not wrong. Uh, and then some transfer portal talk. Uh, Roger says that attacks on Runzas would buy a new stadium. Hard to disagree with that sound logic. Uh, M. Joel uh, Taguchi says a winning record will make Memorial Stadium great again.
1: Well, that's the I answer mean, it it's the It's hopefully not in the not-too-distant future.
0: Agreed. And... Uh, that's not no offense. That's it. Uh, okay. I'm clear. I'm clearing out some of these. Uh, Matt says, uh, looks like Coach Rule's been recruiting in-state and across the country from Lincoln to Gretna to Scottsbluff to Texas and Pennsylvania. He says it's nice to see. He probably's not racking up a huge margarita tab as he's doing it. So,
2: just that, you know, layovers. <laughs> I mean, he, he's making good progress. I think I saw on Twitter today he was not only in Missouri—I don't know where in Missouri—but he was also in the Omaha schools. So uh, he's put, he's putting in the mileage, or somebody's putting in the mileage with his uh, Twitter password, one of the two. I, I did know. see had that
1: our, our Arkansas kid coming in as a portal quarterback for a visit. Yeah, there's a large, like, there's a lot of people visiting this weekend.
2: Yeah, but it's kind of sounding like we're we have a good chance with the guy from Arkansas. Is that correct?
1: I think I so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So how many how many of our current quarterbacks will uh, leave if we if bring in for
1: you guys?
2: If you were Smothers, why would you still be here? I that's I, I don't know. I wouldn't. I mean, just off the offensive philosophy this past season alone.
0: Maybe you're holding yeah. out hope that the new offensive coordinator won't uh it you know, won't treat you like Mark Whipple did. I mean, I really realistically because uh Whipple brought um Chuba Purdy, you know, essentially, maybe not, you know, brought, but you know, uh that was kind of a, a not a package deal, but it seemed like his guy. So when Casey Thompson couldn't go, it was Chubba Purdy and and, and and, and Logan Smothers was a—I don't know if he's a Scott Frost guy, but he was here here he befo- was. with the, with the group ahead. So you got to hope that maybe there's a conversation of, uh, you know, they're looking at film or or they're they're saying, you know, I, either he got something some some encouraging um, updates about what they think he can do, or uh, he's waiting to see maybe after signing. I, I don't know. It's a good question. You know, the
1: portal's open, and if these guys were going to leave, you'd think they'd have gone ahead and said, well, I mean, it could be that they're waiting. They're two portal windows, right? And they might be sticking around just to say, okay, what's the new guy's plan? What's going to happen? And to be honest with you, I mean, Logan Smothers might look at it and just go, "Uh, you know, I like it here. I I like my – I'm getting a degree. I'm happy with the school. Uh, I got a scholarship to pay for all of it. If I go into the portal, what's going to happen? Am I not going to get my school paid for? So, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Roger Roger that makes a kind of a point that I, I, I think he summed up what I was trying to say very succinctly. He says, entering the portal is silent quitting.
2: <laughs> no, I fully disagree with that. Well. This, the portal and- what the portal does is it levels the playing field, in my mind, between the coaches and the players. The coaches have the okay. ability to up and leave anytime they want without any any penalty whatsoever. Uh, I say that because any place a coach is going to leave for will most likely pay whatever buyout. These players, they have to stay regardless up until now. Um, does it need to be a lot more controlled? Yeah. Do I have the answers to that? Not 100%, but I don't think this is silent quitting. I think the portal makes it a lot fairer in a fairly, let's be honest, out of all the sports out there, college football probably is the most messed up in terms of how everything's run. I mean, I love it. I love college football about as much as anything, but it is messed up on how everything is run and giving the players the ability to have a little bit more freedom to do what they want I think is a good thing. I don't think it's silent quitting at all.
0: So Joel, I think maybe uh sums up your point saying that the portal is free agency. Yeah. And and I don't I don't disagree with elements of of, of the transfer portal like if your coach leaves, I feel like you should have the opportunity. However, if you're just not good enough. I mean, maybe not not good enough is a little too harsh, but if if you would rather, you know, tuck your tail and run rather than compete for for the for the playing time, you know. I, I, I do I see it both ways. Uh James, while we're talking about the portal, James says, you no, know, yeah, I think that you know, the portal will expose programs that exercised into institutional recruiting violations. It somewhat levels the field of play.
2: I kind of disagree with that one, too, just based off the fact that um, it's not really going to expose anything. How to expo- I mean, it. I, I, I don't know what it's really exposing.
0: I, I think what it, you know?
2: I mean, it's it, it's basically just legalizing what some of these programs have been doing for decades. Uh, I, I I don't know. I mean, it,
1: yeah. I'm guessing he, he's saying that uh, players can now just vote with their feet. That's what I took that as.
0: And they then Stephen says to, they don't have to. Stephen yeah, says uh, the the portal's killing what makes college football great—the difference between college and NFL. I,
1: awesome you man. know, there's now the, the, it is. I think mm-hmm. there's there's that plus nil plus the expansion, the college football playoff and the just shit tons of money that are going to come into this. I mean, look what's going on with, uh, well, with this week, you know, UCLA was voted by the UC Regents to be able to leave the Pac-12 and go to the Big Ten. So you have two, USC and UCLA, two traditional powers on the West Coast, going to join the Big Ten, which is not a West Coast conference. I don't know if you noticed that, but uh again it's throwing all the tradition out in the window to make a ton more money and i guess what we're moving toward is something that resembles a lot more nfl put it this way we didn't like bo pelini's record at nebraska we didn't we miss it the nine and three seasons but i will i will posit to you guys that in the next five years we're going to have to change our attitudes that having a nine and three season will be a very, very successful season. Because what our opponents are gonna look like NFL teams moving forward. you are gonna have a lot more competition. You're gonna have a lot more good teams. In, in other words, just getting to the conference championship, there's only gonna be two out of what, 16 teams that can do that. And if, if that's all you're gonna say is success, then you're gonna have a whole lot of teams that are constantly churning through coaches and firing them. Because they're not good enough. Uh, Whereas, like you know, in the NFL, I don't, you know, like the, I don't know the NFL up and down. I know the NFC North. That's about it. But there are divisions in the NFL that are just terrible, and they still get into the playoffs. You know, and they still, they still can have some modicum of success, or at least go look. We got in the playoffs. So I think we are going to look a lot more like the NFL in the next five years. Um, Is that going to hurt college football? You know, probably, but we're still probably going to have some all this stupid stuff that goes along with it. So,
2: I mean, hypothetically, if if what the way you talk about college football is going to be the death, we've been dying a slow and painful death for about 25 30 years now.
1: Yeah, I mean, this started way
2: back with with, with divisions being made and championship games being brought in. Uh, If you really want to blame somebody, blame Georgia and Oklahoma for trying to sue the NCAA back in 19 it was 1983 or whatever for uh, rights yeah. over I mean that's really what started this whole thing. Go blame Oklahoma. I mean that was kind of the start of the whole thing. I mean yeah, it's easy for us to blame Oklahoma, but that was re- I mean if you really want to start getting back there, that's really what where the problem started and nobody stopped it mainly cuz the Supreme Court you know <laughs> made their ruling and made it to where we can make a, a ton more money as long as there's more money to be made. Nobody's going to stop anything. I mean, it, like, honestly, if you really want to go high and mighty and get pure on this, stop stop supporting FBS programs. And to a lesser extent, stop supporting FCS programs. Find a Division II school. Go support the Ivy League. You want purity? Go support the Ivy League or an CU that doesn't get into the FCS playoffs. You know, if you really want purity in the sport, go to one of those schools. Like that it's just we are so far beyond in my mind what is traditional college football it is at this point. There's no going back. I mean if you take take it for what it's worth, find whatever happiness you can from it and move on. That that's just me.
1: Maybe maybe I'm just an asshole. I don't know. Well,
0: Russell well, you
1: know, it uh, could be you know you're that anyway, but
0: <laughs> Russell uh I think agreed uh, with you. Uh, he says money rules all, and I know Patrick. That's you know what what you were talking about, and that's that's why you have that nice house on the on the hill. Uh, but uh, can't blame kids uh, to work. Play football is their job. Fans don't care what they study.
1: Well, I, I, I that is kind of the shame of some of this is you wonder what what is going to happen with some of these kids after they do spend their time in football and they're supposed to get an actual degree. So.
2: Which is why I don't understand, um, like, I mean, honestly, some of the programs that really should be taking advantage of the, of maybe not the transfer portal, but the NIL are teams like, you know, uh, Stanford's a good example, Northwestern, Notre Dame does a good job at it. Schools where, you know, you could really screw up and not make it out of the practice squad, but you can end up with a, with a degree that's worth $200,000 a year. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it's been, you know, it's been said. you know, like Stanford takes like as a school, they take like 20, 30 transfers a year, not sports, you know, like as a whole, you know. So, I mean, some of these schools are, you know, not going to change anything, but, you know, like you really, you know, some of these kids really need to sit back and go, you know, like, what's this degree, if I'm even going to get a degree going to be worth anything? You know, and school. No, that's right? the fact. In a perfect world, if you really want to talk about perfect world, that's kind of what we need to be focusing on.
0: Yeah, how many degrees are handed out, and and then there's not a need in that particular field.
2: Oh, but know? yeah, you you, you could go to Stanford get a get a major in basket weaving. You're gonna <laughs> get in some. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I I just uh, I was to a podcast this morning. Um, the split zone duo and Stephen Godfrey is going off on. Basically, like the worth of, of of a West Point or an Annapolis degree, uh, you know these guys go, yeah. they play football, you know, they they do their military duty, and they go and uh, they get jobs on Wall Street. Yeah, you know, I mean, like it's it's you know, it, it, and in a lot of ways, like these like the military school degrees, you know, they're worth about as much as a Stanford in terms of what you ha- what they
1: technically cost, even though the government's paying for it. Um, the the, the, or, the oral surgeon I saw recently uh, is a Notre Dame alum and he talked to me, it took him, the last time I was in, it took him five minutes to remove the stitches out of where he put, doing stuff in my mouth, but we'd spent 45 minutes talking about Notre Dame. And one of the, he made very, how big their alumni network is and how important it is for them, not just in athletics, but how you As know, a if whole. you're a Notre Dame guy and another Notre Dame guy, you know, the networking and the stuff for getting jobs and stuff like that and how valuable it is. They, they have an angel that.
2: investing group that I guess is really phenomenal when, you know, when it comes to like startups. Like, so, you know, it's like it, it's like some of these schools, like, I mean, it's I don't want to name any any names, but like th- there are probably some state schools out there. It's like, you know, why are you wasting your time there when, you know, the I don't know. It comes out of priorities and you know, we and whatever. Greg
0: <laughs> Can we can we just talk real quick about John, what what's the name of that uh university in South Bend, Indiana?
1: Is that Notre Dame?
0: <laughs> I don't I don't think it's Notre Dame. Norder. Notre. No, I think it's Notre Dame or Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Notre Dame.
1: Notre Dame.
0: I'll, I'll, next time I see you I'm gonna smack the shit out of you.
1: It's late. It's late. <laughs>
0: Well, let's let's uh wrap up the like, maybe okay. maybe the transfer portal commitment uh or, or recruitment uh uh stuff with this this message from a little bit earlier uh from Stephen Dunning said I like that uh rule actually tweets and we were talking a little bit about this in in the Tim Miles Fred Hoiberg comparison. It's kind of cool to see that our coaches actually uh, are out there doing stuff. Um yeah, he I mean, he everywhere he right. went fly fly over brewery, I think right. out in Scotts Bluff. He he uh What's that?
1: You know, Scott Scott Frost would have tweeted a lot, but then we would all have seen that all he was at was fucking golf courses all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> well, look, he's at another golf course. I wonder if he's meeting recruits there.
2: No. Three thirty a.m. tweet, dude just got kicked out of the Lincoln Country Club.
0: <laughs> all right, well let's um, let's wrap this show up on a somber note because. Uh, the sports world, the college football world, and really the uh, the world of academia uh, lost quite a character uh, this past Tuesday uh, when Mike Leach uh, succumbed to his um, sudden illness Ill- medical episode. I don't even know exactly what you know. I, I didn't follow up on any of it, but uh, John, I know you and Todd when you uh, recorded Monday night you were hopeful of a turnaround that you know unfortunately did not happen um but it, it's you know I mean like the guy the guy was one of a kind and 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 maybe maybe more than that uh it, it was in a world where everybody's trying to be very uh specific and guarded about what they say give them seven minutes in a microphone and you're gonna learn something you know I mean, it, it, it. I. I think I loved. You know, his, his, uh, interviews or his press conferences where he just went off on a tangent. And uh, I think you. You and maybe Todd said something about it on uh, Monday night about how, like, he'll just find a subject for the off season and he'll dive into that. You know, subject and and, and uh, absorb as much information as he can. And uh, again, we lost him. I think it was announced Tuesday morning. Um, you know, uh, you know I, I remember first hearing about him at Texas Tech and, and how that situation ended for him. And then he popped up a little bit, uh, you know, later at, at Washington State and then parlayed that, you know, uh, bit of success into uh, another state in, in a different, very different part of the country, Mississippi State. And, um, you know, it's just a, a very sudden, unexpected situation for uh, Coach Leach.
1: I think the thing about him is, you know, people keep telling all the stories and the topics he talked about and, you know, the fat little girlfriend's comment and the, uh, him getting rid of the chairs on the sideline for his receivers that couldn't catch a ball. I think the lesson that really that Mike Leach showed everybody is that you could just be yourself. You know, you could just be it. we get so much, let's go to ESPN's college game day, which I really don't watch that much anymore. It used to be kind of a fun ad hoc program years ago, and now it's so produced that every moment is controlled and every situation is controlled, and it becomes this sterile thing because, you know, God help us every once in a while, Lee Corso says, fuck it, on camera. Uh, I think the thing with Mike Leach is that he was just himself, and he he didn't fear that, and there's just so many you know, even like doing YouTube videos, people are out there like, I don't want to be myself. People might not like me. Or, you know, when we get angry, when coaches actually talk to us real. And, I, you know, I guess that's it. I, I just, that's the biggest lesson I took from him. And the other lesson is this. If you want to start out doing something, you can't change midstream. So if you're a young person and you're listening or watching to this, start out being yourself early don't change try to change as you're halfway going through it you know because people feel like you're deceiving them and that's the other thing with mike leach is he started out quirky he stayed quirky he didn't really change throughout his career he stayed the quirky guy and by the way he brought the entire you know between him and hal mummy brought the air raid offense to uh, college football and it's certainly just i guess a completely different philosophy from a guy who was a lawyer and then just became a football coach. No, I, Anything to add, Patrick?
2: No, just because I, I really, for a long time, have liked the guy. Um, I did a little blurb on Flakes the other day, and it wasn't good because I... I, when I when, it's hard to put your words together when you care about something. And he... We need more Mike Leaches in this world, not just in college football, but just in general. Um, he, I not only liked him because of his intellect, not because of just what he said and kind of how he went about things, but also because he made no hiding about his flaws. You know, yeah, you got thing. And I know some people were like, you know, we can't, you know, like the fat girlfriend's comments and stuff. I mean, it's, it is what it is but that was a part of who he was. And he not only was a character, but he, he John, you're right. He changed college football. Um, yeah. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I, I wish he would have came to Nebraska. I'm one of the few people who wish he would have. Um, I know having the air raid in Nebraska, especially in the big 10 in November would, would be problematic. But for some strange reason, I feel like he is smart enough to where he would have figured it out sooner or later um, from his time in Wazoo. Uh, I, I, just, I, I it, it would have been great to have him maybe because we've had so many uh, coaches for so long, and I don't want another bland Kurt Faringe s coach in America. I want more yep. of Mike Mike Lee. Oh, no, that is true. I mean, that and, and that's true. not a slam on Iowa, that's a slam on a personality that <laughs> I just you know, I mean, people crap on PJ Fleck. You know, he's not necessarily my type of a coach, but he's a good coach. And he's a personality. Yeah, um, he is. He he's a fun like honestly, PJ, you get to you get to watching the guy and reading him. He's a smart guy he's a fun personality. We need more guys like that. Um you know, it's you know, Nick Saban, greatest coach ever, bores the piss out of me. <laughs>
1: you know? So he's a robot.
0: what what you're saying is we need more John Johnstons in yeah uh in there you in go. <laughs> NCAA football so oh, Owen Owen said the uh Owen Walker on YouTube watching said the last four games at Texas Tech he beat Nebraska but that 8 oh, what a thriller Joe Gans looked like the best we had ended in a heartbreak but also noticed and you never had a line uh and, and tackles in the passing game so um yeah
2: it, it, seven, it, he, he owned our butt we only beat him once seven, I think right. Yeah. That one game that uh, was a 70 to 10. It wasn't
1: great. That, that that was
2: the, I think that was Nebraska's, you know, baptism by fire of the air raid. That was, we, we, that, uh, we, we did not know what happened. It, it, we did not know. I don't think we could process what Texas Tech did to us that game. And I still don't think we can. Like that's how I, do. I,
1: I can process it. And that game nearly led to divorce. My wife said magic words to me that were, you don't need another beer.
0: And you know what? Eventually you got to the point where she was right. And you haven't had a beer since. <laughs> well, that was several true, years I after. I
1: used up my quota.
0: Um, uh, so I, I think what we're all trying to say, I think Patrick summed it up best, is in life... You could be Mike Leach, or you could be Kirk Ferentz. Be Mike Leach. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's true.
0: So, uh, I think
2: you could be a Brian Ferentz.
0: No. Uh, Jeez. Uh, All right. Well, that'll do it for this. John, can you believe we actually went longer this week than last week? It is well past your bedtime. So, with that, uh, I think that we'll we'll put the cap. Hit, hit the stop on this episode of the Five Heart Podcast. Thanks to uh, Patrick Gerhardt for not just stepping in and talking Nebraska ball, but he hung out with us the entire time and offered some uh, delightful insight uh, both to uh, Memorial Stadium, NIL, the Transfer Portal. I mean, we don't necessarily agree on all aspects, but uh, he is uh, also a letter Kenny fan, so we have that going for us. Uh, and then uh, some so Mike Leach re- retrospect as well. So thank you. Patrick, uh, for, for joining us tonight. Uh, and thank you, uh, all as always for, for, uh, chiming in. Look, it's the off season. We know that our live numbers aren't going to be what they were, um, you know, during the football season and that's okay. We still appreciate you all for, for, uh, coming in. It, you know, it's great. You know, we, we see a lot of familiar names, uh, every week, All that we ask, and I know that, uh, one of the Monday night, viewers of john and todd's monday night therapy session is always pretty good about reminding this if you're watching this on youtube hit that thumbs up button because it does help uh to be uh, get john you want to walk us through the i mean it helps it, it get it more visible helps. right yes
1: yes yeah. it does. i don't understand the how youtube you, algorithm the YouTube I, algorithm likes us more. when you I like don't us.
0: understand the internets, so just whatever John says, listen to John always. Uh, Cobbycorn.com. John, can you stand up and, and show off those sweet, sweet slacks you're rocking?
1: Oh, you mean you want to see my butt?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what they say. You know, ladies love the white sweatpants. <laughs> you know, they... Uh, they really get the ladies going, so uh, especially if there's big old corn cob right where it needs to be. Uh, so, cobbycorn.com, coordination.com. Um, Patrick, anything that you wanted to uh, plug, highlight in, in your world of uh, finance with your house on the hill and your twenty-three cars?
2: No. Just, thanks for having me on, and Dan Falter lives.
0: Okay, uh, so. For our esteemed guest and colleague and friend uh, Patrick Earher, for John Dam Johnston, our founder and fearless leader, I'm Greg Mahochko. This is the Five Heart Podcast, where we remind you each and every week that Five Heart is all the heart you need. John,
1: go, big red. Sound like an old drunk, don't I? <laughs> and, and
0: and we definitely know you're not drunk. <laughs> can't can't say anything about uh, the rest of it.
1: Yeah, that's true.